So I said to her, what if we pick something now before you're gone? Because we knew she was going to die. What if we set, you know, a specific thing that I will know for sure that it's you? I don't think he had any premonition that anything was going to happen to him. But why did he do that? Why that beanie baby? And why was it on his desk, on his keyboard? I think there are signs and I think it does bring me comfort. There is a connection between the spiritual and the physical world. Hi, I'm Michelle Rowe. Hi, I'm Donna Perquette. Hi, I'm Perry Willie. And you're entering a world gone good. A world gone good. A world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is the place where we shine the light and or find the light in the darkness to prove there's still good out there and plenty of it. This is World Gone Good. If you need to catch up on any and or all of our good times, just venture on over to worldgonegoodpodcast.com where everything good we have to offer lives in one good place. You can catch up on episodes you've missed and even find out what our top five most downloaded episodes of all time are. It's all right there at worldgonegoodpodcast.com. Head on over and get you some good. Okay, here's today's question. Do you believe in signs? From the way I've seen some of you drive, I'm going to say no, you do not. Because you roll right through stop signs. I stopped, Steve. No, you slowed down. You didn't stop. I'm a witness. I see you. Oh, I see you. Lucky for you, that's not the kind of signs we are talking about today. Today, we are talking about signs from the other side, connection, divine intervention, personal belief, whatever you want to call it, it's a sign. Now, you've heard me tell my own story about pennies. I told it on, I know I told it on one of my previous episodes here. I don't remember which one. Go listen to all of them until you find it. But basically, it's this, when I am doubting myself, when I am questioning things, when I need a sign, I find a penny, sometimes multiple pennies. Some people will say, it's just a penny, Steve. And to that, I say, it's just a stop sign. So maybe stop at it. Sorry, I got to let things go. I got to let things go. My guests today have all gotten signs. Some of them have embraced them, believed them, taken them in. Others found them interesting. And one guest doesn't believe it was a sign at all. So no matter what camp you find yourself in, you're going to have a good friend to relate to on today's episode. We start with my friend, Michelle Rowe. I met Michelle about 10 years back when we lived in Palm Springs. This is her good sign. About a year ago, my dad passed away, and I was called the morning that he passed to drive three hours, basically, because they they said it's not going to look good. And so I took to the road and was driving, and about 8.36 in the morning, I was um, going under an underpass, and a bourbon, um, I know this sounds crazy, a bourbon 
like semi truck, like a distribution truck was going over the overpass. And I thought that is so weird because my dad's favorite drink was bourbon. Like he was a bourbon drinker, like Mad Men style 50s bourbon drinker. And so I called my mom because I just it, it, I just had this weird feeling. And I called my mom and I said, Mom, I said, what's going on? And she said, your dad just passed at 833. And I said, I told her, I said, this is just what happened. I just had a feeling and continued home. So I thought that was strange. Didn't think much of it after that, you know, because those are weird coincidences. And then about a week later, he died on a Thursday morning at 8.33 a.m. One week later to the date, of course, you know, we were all still together, everything, but we had, I had gone back home um, after, after a couple of days and uh, cause I go back and forth and I called my mom, let's say, I don't know, nine thirty, ten o'clock and said, how are you doing? You know, it's been a week. How are you doing? And she said, Michelle, this is so weird. I don't even know what to say. She said, the lights went out last night and not a big deal. But when I woke up this morning, the microwave was stuck on 833. And she said, so I had my coffee with your dad at 8.33. And I thought, that's really weird. You know what I mean? That's just a strange coincidence. She then walked out, I don't know when, you know, within the first couple of weeks to our garage. And my dad and my grandfather were uh, cattlemen, if you will. I mean, my dad was an attorney, but they ranched. They were ranchers as well. And my grandfather and my father used to team rope. And so when my grandfather died, my dad, my dad hung both their ropes side by side, if you will, over each, you know, where the carports are, where one car would park, the other car would park. So one was, you know, near where my mom parked, one was near where my dad parked. So when you drive in, you see the ropes. I know, strange, whatever. So my mom drove in or saw it. I don't know the, the circumstances, but she said, my father's rope. And now my grandfather's been dead 15 years. She said, my dad's rope was unraveled, as in completely hanging in a weird, not hitting the floor, but almost posed in suspension, almost in a figure eight looped unraveled. And she viewed that as a sign from him that things were unraveled. He died unexpectedly and things were very confusing. And so she attributed that to him saying, I'm sorry, things are so confusing. It wasn't meant to be this way. My mom, uh, you know, she finds comfort in it. She now literally will wake up and have coffee and make sure at 8.33 she's at the microwave talking to my dad. Um, and that brings her comfort like he's there. Um, and she recently went to a medium. And as I said, that you know, that's not necessarily something that, you know, I think it's cool, but whether you believe or not. And she said... The medium told her that these signs were definitely a connection and him, you know, they were, they were definitely a team, love of their lives type of thing. And, and that loss that she and he still have that connection here um, with him. Here's my first question to you. First of all, does it give you and your mom comfort? It gives my mother comfort. Um, 
Definitely. As I said, she, you know, she wakes up now almost with intention to have coffee. And it's, I know that sounds crazy, but they, they had coffee in the morning before they went to work or he went to work and whatever. And so she at 833, the day, the, the time actually that he died, she has coffee with him in the morning. So yes, it definitely brings him come to, and she looks for those signs and she finds those signs for me. And I forgot to say this. Yes, it, those didn't, my my personal situation, um, obviously the rope, those are weird things. The timing was weird. Obviously, the bourbon truck for me, I saw that personally. Yes, it brings me comfort and and or weirdness. I was hiking and I do this hike almost um, you know, every other day by the lake. And it was interesting. My dad I don't know why I thought of this. Um, this was about six months after he passed. And he had a saying kind of like, you know, eagles are great and soar with the eagles type thing. And I was thinking, gosh, here I'm at the lake and it's spring. It wouldn't it be cool if I saw an eagle? Because we had seen one like, let's say, four or five years ago. So I continued on my little walk. 45 minutes later, I'm walking back and these people start pointing at me. And then they're all looking up in the air and I'm thinking that's weird. I look to my left and I'm not kidding you about 20 feet to my left was an Eagle soaring at my direct head length. And I thought that's my father. That's him telling me that he's here and he's okay. So yes, I do. I think there are signs and I think it does bring me comfort um, that there is a connection between the spiritual and the physical world. Um, again, I don't know what that means, but there are signs that I, whether it's me wanting to believe that or um, if it's true, I, I feel like it brings me comfort. It's so interesting because it's a choice, right? It's a choice to mm -hmm. see it if you want to see it that way or not. Because if you had seen that bur bourbon truck, you might not have even noticed the bourbon truck. Right. Right. And I think it's like the glass half empty or full or being positive or negative. I I, I adored my father. Um, he was a larger than life, um, you know, mate, patriarch, sorry, of the family. And so his loss has had, you know, what most families significant effect on all of us. And so I choose to to hope that he's present. And I choose to hope that that I see him in my life or my children's life and I find those signs. So yeah, it could have been a, a coincidence, but you know, I think not, you know, why not, why not choose positivity? And, you know, we all won't know till we, we, we get there and we know or don't know, <laughs> but I choose to feel like, Hey, you know, have, have some faith, whatever um, the afterlife means for all of us is going to be what we make of it. And there's too many of those moments in life where you're like, that's just not possible that that person knew that person that I knew and they knew and we were in the same place or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So it is a question of connection. And if a strong enough connection is there, then why can't the things that tie us all together be there? I totally agree with that. And and as I've gotten older, um, and this is going to sound silly, but even the concept of Avatar and that you know, the tree of life and everybody, nature being one connected at some level and vibrations at some level. I truly believe that. And 
I believe that what we put out there, we get back. And so I choose to believe that my dad is surrounding me in whatever way um, and or my family, my mom, especially, hopefully. And um, that he's doing well and that eventually we'll all be able to, you know, high five and have a have a have a bourbon, if you will, <laughs> and or a toast in the in you know whatever that means. Donna was sent to me by another Donna. Both Donnas' last names start with P. How crazy is that? There's a sign. There's a sign right there. This right here is Donna's good sign. So my husband, uh, Clark, passed away so unexpectedly. Um, He was 55 years old, totally healthy, never took one sick day in his life. And I really hope he regrets that. Um, But he he died in his sleep. And um, the morning that I woke up, I was heading to work and he was gone. I, I just couldn't believe it. And after all the craziness happened, they finally took his body out. I walked into his office um, to get something. Um, I don't even know what that is, but sitting on his computer was my favorite black beanie baby that said the end on it. I don't know why it was there. I don't know how it was there. I don't even know where it was before, but it was sitting there and it was before anybody came here or was even around. Um, it was really pretty incredible. Okay, wait, I have some questions. Uh, first of all, how many Beanie Babies are we talking about in your collection? 500. Ooh, okay. Where do they normally usually reside? So they normally usually reside in our bedroom in a, on a shelf. And I had recently pulled the bears out um, because I love bears and um, I had brought the bears all downstairs. So it was, um, I had moved it from my bedroom to our family room. And I said, you know, I really want to donate these beanie babies. Um, you know, I'm kind of over it, but I can't let the bears go. So the bears were all in the family room by the TV. Do you remember buying that specific beanie baby that said the end? And why did you buy that specific one? So that was the last beanie baby. And oh, oh, smart. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. It was really important for me to have it. I don't remember buying it, but it was really important to me. Um, and why it was in his office. I mean, obviously, he had to be the one to put it there. It wasn't me, it wasn't the kids. Um, why did he put it there? Why? And it was sitting on his keyboard. Like, what? <laughs> was That's there so crazy. Notes. Yeah, it was there with all his work notes from Friday. He had, you know, it was Monday morning that he passed away. And um, it had all these crazy, you know, just crazy. It was a very messy worker and all his notes were everywhere. But the little black beanie baby was sitting on his keyboard. Do you remember where it previously had been or you had forgotten about it? Or it was just one of those things that's probably somewhere. Oh, yeah, it's probably somewhere. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. And in that moment, did you take that as a sign that he did that? Or what did you think in that moment? 
I, I, all I kept thinking was, I don't think he had any premonition that anything was going to happen to him, but why did he do that? Why that beanie baby? And why was it on his desk, on his keyboard? I, I just kept thinking, why, why, why? I have no answers, but um, I, it was a gift in so many ways because I love Beanie Babies, I love bears, and I loved him. Do you think he moved it after he left? No. Okay. What did he think about Beanie Babies? That they were a total nuisance and that I spent way too much of our money on them. <laughs> Think about it. 500 Beanie Babies at five bucks a clip. (laughs) Before we go to our final good sign story, I have one of my own I'd like to share with you. So come back with me to about 2002 when I was still with my ex. He had a brother and his brother was married to this amazing person named Christina. She and I. We were instant family. We were both from New York. We were both married ins. She would grab my hand at any family event and go, you're going to sit next to me. And we giggle through that family event. Christina's mother, Nancy, got brain cancer. And she was in an assisted living facility. We would go spend time with her. She was a total character. This little lady with a thick New York accent and just a riot. One of the final times we saw her, uh, it was me and my ex together, just us. And um, it actually might have been the very last time we saw her, but it was us, just us. And as we were leaving, Nancy said, wait, wait, wait. And she runs into her bedroom. She comes out with three or four photo albums packed with extra pictures, shoved it in my arms and says, take these with you. I have no idea why she wants me to have these. I start arguing with her. I'm not taking these. And she argues back, yes, yes, yes. You have to take them. I want you to have them. My ex says, let's just take them. We'll give them to Christina later. So we do. We go home, put the photo albums away in a box in a closet at our house. Uh, Just to give you some context, my then brother-in-law and Christina lived in San Diego. We were up in LA. So we were just like, we'll give it to them the next time we see them. Nancy passes away a few weeks later. And to be honest, I think, I guess we forgot about the photo albums because my ex officially became my ex. We separate. I move into a new place. And maybe two years go by when my former brother-in-law and Christina are coming through LA and call and say, hey, we're coming through. How about we have some lunch? We go to lunch and are catching up. And I ask her how everything's going. And her mom comes up in the conversation. Christina says to me, did I ever tell you what happened the night my mom died? I say no. And she goes on to tell me that her sister, who was a little off or perhaps a lot off when you hear what I'm about to tell you, (laughs) she decided to throw everything in their mom's house into the fireplace and burn it all. Her sister basically set the living room on fire. The fire department comes, they put it out, there's an arrest, it's a hot mess, literally. Christina tells me this whole story and she gets all teary-eyed and says, the worst part is my sister took all the pictures in the house. 
She put them in the fireplace. She burned them up with all this other stuff. I have no family photos, no pictures of my parents, no pictures from my childhood. I have no photos, nothing. This crazy wave comes over me and I get that, you know, tingle, that shiver, and we are just finishing our meal. And I'm like waving down the server and saying, we got to get back to the house. We got to get back to the house right now. We had walked over to the restaurant and I pretty much made them, you know, kind of light jog back, almost a sprint (laughs) back to my place where they have no idea why I'm in such a hurry, but I open the garage. I'm frantically going through boxes. They both think I've lost my mind until I pull out the photo albums. Nancy had given to me the one she insisted I take two, three years prior. And I turn and I hand them to Christina. She looks at me like, what are these? And I say, open it. She opens it and all these photos fall out and her jaw drops. Tears start coming down her face. And she says, where did you get these? And I say, your mother gave them to me. She insisted I take them. I forgot I even had them until you said what happened with your sister and the burning of all the photos. Christina looked at me with the biggest smile and said, it's a sign from my mom. She knew. She knew to give these to you. She knew you would keep them safe for her and you would make sure I would get them. Now, was that a sign? Was that divine intervention? Was it a connection? Or was it all just a strange coincidence that just happened to play out the way it did? I know for me in my heart what the answer is. And I know somewhere Nancy is giggling right now hearing me retell this story. Speaking of hearts, our final good sign bringing guest is all about that very thing. This guest and I have known each other longer than any guest I've ever had on except one, my mom. Because this is my sister. Known her my whole life. And here she is, my sister Perry, and her good sign story that's all heart. My best friend, her name is Julie, was Julie. Unfortunately, Julie passed away. Um, It's over 10 years now from ago from ovarian cancer. Julie was sort of a, as people will call it, a woo-woo. She was a woo-woo person. She taught me about spirituality. She taught me about spirit. In the afterlife, she, I'm going to quote, um, what's that movie, The Sixth Sense? She, she talked to dead people. She was the type of person that there was nothing that we couldn't talk about. Like neither one of us was ever offended. It was unconditional friendship. As she was dying, it's a long story, but I was not able to be with her in person towards the end. So we spoke on the phone a few times here and there. And I said to her, and for a lot of people, you could not even have this conversation. But as I said, with her, she and I, unconditional, we could talk about anything. So we had this conversation and I said, I had a thought. You know how people always talk about signs from people who have died and, you know, oh, I saw that penny move across the table. Oh, it must have been my mom, you know, and you kind of wonder, but you want to believe it. So I said to her, what if, what if we pick something now before you're gone? Because we knew she was going to die. 
before you're gone, what if we set, you know, a specific thing that I will know for sure that it's you? And she was so funny. She giggled and she said, ooh, that's kind of cool. And I said, said, okay, let's do it. So we thought about it for a while. She had a habit of always buying me, when she would buy me gifts, her love language was, um, was gift giving. So she always bought me little trinkets and stuff. And she always would give me hearts. Like I have a rose quartz heart from her and a couple of other things that have hearts on them. So I said, you know what? I kind of felt like I didn't want it to be something so generic that, you know, like a penny where there's a million pennies in the world. I wanted it to be something like really specific that would not be, you couldn't question it. So I said, what about hearts? And she went, Ooh, I like that. Okay. So we chose hearts. So I, I had to go back. I went back East for my 30th high school reunion. And I knew she was on her last, you know, on her last legs at that point. And I kept thinking to myself, ugh, if she dies while I'm back east and I'm not here. And you know, not that I wasn't able to see her anyway, but still I just, you know, I kept thinking I have this horrible feeling that she's gonna die while I'm gone. So I go to my reunion, I'm flying back on the plane. And as I'm on the plane flying home and it's like a five hour flight, and at some point, I don't remember, I looked out the window and you know when you're in an airplane, when you get to that place where you're above the clouds, so you're looking down on the clouds, it's kind of, it kind of throws you off because you're used to looking up at clouds. And I always thought it was cool when you were above the clouds and you could look down on them. And sometimes there'll be breaks in the clouds where you could see through to the ground below. And I swear to you, I, without, there is no doubt, because a heart is such a specific shape. I looked out the window and the clouds were underneath me and there was a perfectly heart-shaped hole cut out of the cloud right by my window that I could see the ground through, a perfectly heart-shaped hole. And I thought, oh my God, she died. She must have died. And she's telling me. I'm sorry, I'm crying. And I had no doubt in my mind. And it was... I remember I smiled and I was, I was kind of at peace and I got home and about two, three hours later, I got a phone call from her sister and her sister said, I need to talk to you. And I kind of in my mind was like, yep, I already know. And so she told me and I thanked her. And the funny thing is, is that Julie made her mom, her mom was her caretaker at the end, and Julie made her mom promise. Her mom was kind of a difficult person, and so I knew that she wasn't going to fulfill the promise, but I I hoped that she would. But Julie made her mom promise that I would be the first phone call when she died. And I wasn't. I found out later all of these other people, there were Facebook posts and all these things. And I'm like, why do all these other people know before her sister finally called me personally to tell me? But on the plane with the heart-shaped hole in the cloud, that was Julie's way of making sure that I was the first person to know. And I, I just love that she participated with me, that we did it together and we chose it ahead of time so there would be no question. 
So when people say, how do you know for sure? I'm like, we made a deal. You know, it's not like I'm guessing we made a deal. The hearts are from her. We close these shows with two questions. Okay. Don't panic. You know the answers. Question number one is, who inspires you? Ooh. Well, my dad inspired me me greatly, but um, are you, in the physical world today, who inspires me? Um, my children. My, my, my two girls. They inspire me. I am inspired. This may not be who inspires me the most, but I'm always inspired by people who, who go out in the world and, and just are who they are and they don't give a shit about what anybody else thinks. And that sometimes is a block for me that I, you know, sometimes I am like, Oh God, I can't do that. Cause what is this person going to think? Or what are people going to, how are they going to look at me? And I love people that just blatantly walk down the street and just don't give a shit. I'm inspired by people who do good things. When people are willing to leave their comfort zone and go somewhere that maybe scares them a little bit, but they do it anyway. And the final question we ask is not even a question. It's a statement to finish. It can go back to anything we already talked about or anything you want to say. Tell me something good. You know what? This spring has just it's been a long winter for everybody out here in California and this spring has brought just an abundance of of blooms and and growth and that's a good thing and looking forward it's just new life rebirth and let's get forward donate a kidney change a life tell me something good it is my favorite favorite time of year here in Phoenix Arizona and it only lasts for about a week or 10 days, literally. And I, and I live for it every year. There are these, there are these, I think it's Palo Verde trees and they have these little teeny tiny yellow flowers on them. And at a certain point, so the tree blooms with these teeny little yellow flowers. And at a certain point, they all start to fall off and they come down like snow. And I could just stand there for an hour and just watch the little yellow flowers falling from the tree, those trees. And it's right now that it's starting to happen. So that is just, it lifts my heart. Thank you, Michelle, Donna, and Perry for sharing your good. Now it's your turn. What sign is staring you right in the face? Hmm? Next time. On World Gone Good. What do I love? Well, I love Star Wars, and I know a lot of people who love Star Wars, and I'm kind of sick of debating Star Wars, so why don't I find out what does Star Wars mean to you? Buckle up, we are hitting light speed to go from signs all the way to the Force with our guest Dave Humphreys, the creator and host of What Does Star Wars Mean to You? This is his oh-so-good podcast where Star Wars fans, including a few very famous ones from across the galaxy, share how their love for the saga has impacted their life 
what they love themselves, what they look forward to, and why it's good to be a fan. Dave is one of my good pals. He's been on twice before. I can't wait for you to hear our super duper fun, good chat. Until then, be good. <laughs>